This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 55 uh, of the In-Between Podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina M. Well, today we're going to be talking about... Uh, I liked your vibrato, <laughs> vibrato <Yeah>. on that. <laughs> I felt it. <laughs> that was the scary... What's going to happen? Yes, I'm so nervous. The Jaws music. Yes, it's exactly. It's amazing what music can do. To make you feel anxious or, you know, like tense, right? Yeah, like this music right now. <laughs> or an evil laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So why are we talking like this, Daniel? Because we have a fantastic guest who's written a wonderful book, Scarlett Hiltabidal, who's written Afraid of All the Things. Yes. And so she's going to talk to us about all of the things that she has been afraid of. But thankfully, she's not just going to stop there. She's actually going to share with us how she learned to stop being so afraid. Mm. So it's a great interview. Get ready. Buckle up. Be sure to go to inbetween.org slash episode 55 for all the show notes. And let's listen in. Well, thank you, Scarlett, so much for joining us on this podcast on your birthday. Can I birthday. just say that already? <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy thank birthday. You. <laughs> you gave me the best gift I may have ever received. Oh, which really? Is, yeah. Um, Christina just gave me. A notepad for the shower, which is just amazing. And it wasn't just some random notebook with a you know a suction cup on it. Right. It's actually designed for it's the It's supposed shower. to be waterproof. Yeah. So you'll have to come back one day and let us know if that's actually like something that works or is it with just like a little bust. Yeah, I'll be so, installing it today. I'm yeah. very excited. So I saw it on Amazon. Um, we can even link it on our show notes for those who are interested. And I was like, is this a gag gift? Because I'm like, I don't want to give you a gag gift. No, no, it's not. And so I was reading the Amazon reviews and people were legitimately saying, this has changed my life. So I'm thrilled. Seriously. <laughs> I feel so loved and known. Yeah. That's awesome. And for those of you who are like, how do you even think about that? Well, honestly, episode 51, where we talked about the Enneagram mm -hmm. and gifts, has lifted our gift game quite a bit. So. Right. We're changing uh, people's lives yes, by giving them like quote unquote gag gifts. Yeah, via the Enneagram. <laughs> exactly. So now the reason why Scarlett is saying that this has been life changing for her is the fact that she is actually a writer and an author. And so my husband is a writer and author as well. So he knows sometimes that the best ideas come in the shower. Totally. Um, so Quiet, Scarlett. No yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Scarlett, you actually just put out a book recently called Afraid of all of the things um are you actually afraid of all the things 
I I have been afraid of all the things at one point or another, for sure. <laughs> okay. So we thought this would be a really interesting game. So we're going to play Two Truths and a Lie. Y'all, if you've listened to our episodes before, this is something we usually do with our guests. But we're going to do things just a little bit differently, though. In terms of Two Truths, she is going to tell us two fears that she actually legitimately has or had. So two true fears. Yes. Okay. And then the lie part is going to, she is going to tell us a lie of a fear that she has actually never had. So this is a false truth. Let's do it then. (laughs) Do you guys understand? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's be ready. So now here we go. We don't know in any order. Tell us two true fears and one true twister. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) False lie. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Here's one. Um, people who work at church on mission teams, like the people who recruit people for missions trips, okay, directly approaching me and asking me to go on a mission trip. Huh. That's one. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah, I would see that would be. It's kind yeah. of salesy ish. Yeah, for <laughs> you know, sure. I'm like, not trying to sell you if something. You, and if you say no, does that mean you don't love God? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I could see. Okay, all right. Okay, so that's one. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. I'm from Miami, so a hurricane smashing my house. And me dying in a hurricane. Okay. Smashed house. Oh. Yeah. Especially when you look at those like tornado shows and you look at the aftermaths of hurricanes right. and all that right. stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's legit. Does Miami really have hurricanes? I oh, all the time. Know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all the time. I was For like, real. I know Florida, like they've yeah, gone yeah, yeah. through a lot. I was like, specifically Miami? Specifically Miami. I mean, we had them all the time. Oh, okay. 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 Um, and then the last one is the security installation guy who works for ADT, seeing my passcode while I put it in and then later using the passcode to get into my house and (gasps) rob rob, Okay. Okay. I typically see that side of people. (laughs) What do you mean you see that side of people? Uh, You know, I could be pretty jaded at times. Uh, I don't usually let it show. Okay. But I even when I open up the garage... Because we only have one garage door opener yeah, yeah. on Christina's car. So for mine, I have to do the passcode. So I always like hide it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even one though day, no one's around. I know. No one's Twice. around. No one has. Ca- I remember one day I didn't cover it up and I got like a talking to like, what are you doing? You're telling everybody <laughs> yeah, your whole okay, entire if life. I, if I wanted to break into someone's house, not I've never done this before. And but you if never I will. To, yeah, you exactly. never will. <laughs> like people are so predictable. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I want to break into their home. Well, Daniel always comes home at this time and he right. always opens. Gr- so I'm going to use binoculars <laughs> or I'm going to have a video camera installed uh-huh. right there to oh, see. Wow. The- so that's. You yeah. need to read yeah. this book again, child. <laughs> I, have a, I have a book for you, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Afraid of not all the things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything yeah. all the time. Exactly. Okay. So okay. I'm going to guess. What are you going to guess? Okay. Oh, the mission all trip legit, one though. and the ADT one probably don't happen enough. So it could go in the end of irrational fears. Okay. Whereas hurricanes, if it's that common, you probably would get used to it. Mm. So that's huh. that's my lie. That's that's what I think the lie so is. So what do you think the lie is, number two? I think the lie is the hurricane thing. Okay. Because I'm not afraid of earthquakes. Because I grew up in Vancouver. Oh, that's true. And we did so many earthquake drills. Right. Yeah. 
Okay. okay. We'll be a unified front. Then okay. I won't right. go against you. You guys are <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> That's, you're right. Yes. I'm not afraid of hurricanes. No Say exactly. Exactly what you said. So do okay. I win your coffee then? Or do sure. I, win? Yeah. <laughs> I drank half of it and my kids are sick, yeah. but go for it. Okay. So now that you've moved to Tennessee yes. and that there's tornadoes, are you afraid of tornadoes? Though? Yes. Super scared of tornadoes. Um, I know that tornadoes are involved in hurricanes okay. frequently, but... For some, I don't know. I, yeah, I am afraid of tornadoes. Okay. Ah. But in the book, I share a story of being in a tornado and not being afraid. That was a cool moment. Oh. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you were in a tornado? I was like, like in a you tornado. Were in the eye? Of- like I was seeing it right in front of me. Like it was Where passing by. I was in a Dunkin' Donuts in okay. Cool Springs. Yeah. Oh, of course. And Dunkin they have Donuts. all glass windows. Yes, exactly. Do you remember the Cool Springs tornado? It was, a, it was 2017. It was there's a video of yes, it. Yes, okay. I remember and it this was on, one. It was on one street over and the sirens went off and I it I could see it. It was like it, making the glass. It was really scary, but That's I wasn't scared. Crazy. What it were was people amazing. doing inside of Dunkin Donuts? So, we were ordering our donuts and then yeah. we all instinctively got into like a group hug by the bathrooms and okay. the Dunkin Donuts lady was literally hugging my my oldest daughter. Okay. And here's why I wasn't afraid and I talk about this in the book, but we were 2 weeks away from flying to China to adopt our daughter mm. and it was this season where we were just I was just so supernaturally peaceful. Wow. That I was like okay, well I mean, you know, I don't know. So, um, <laughs> you know how people are sometimes like when they're facing death, they're like, you have like your life flash before your eyes. Did yeah. you have anything like that? I didn't have. Uh, no, I didn't have that. in that. So moment. it was just mm. completely like peace. Yeah. Oh, wow. Really cool. And so everything was flying around outside. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the door. I mean, there was hail, like huge hail. Oh, so you could see like a horizontal goodness. cloud rushing sideways. It was crazy. That's crazy yes and here's the thing here's the other thing so literally and this has been for years on my husband's phone i uh-huh. programmed my name into his phone to have a tornado emoji next to my name oh. because of how <laughs> like much of a part of my identity that fear is like as a joke but right. for real and it was there it's been there for years so you literally faced one of your like yes top fears i guess I you could say a like lot that of them, weirdly oh yes. yeah <laughs> so what other ones have you faced oh man you guys how much time do we yeah. have because <laughs> um, I, I think to me like tornadoes i don't know i didn't grow up with tornadoes yeah, and so neither. i'm i am deathly afraid of mm-hmm. them or at least to be at least like our first year that and spiders mm-hmm. we don't have oh. poisonous spiders in canada everything freezes in like oh, the negative 40 weather and so that being but mm-hmm. were there other things that you were afraid of that people are that like happens. scarlet that's just a little bit like unusual like why would um, you be scared of that i don't know that i had a, i mean certainly irrational ones like the adt thing okay, okay. like that's Pretty irrational, right. probably. I was raised, my adoptive dad was on the SWAT team. Um, oh, and he okay. was the guy who, he was the first guy in the door, like in the drug busts, he would bust, bust the door in door. Wow. and oh, be the goodness. first guy in. So he his dinner conversation was that stuff. Okay. Oh. So I think that made me kind of paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're asking about like fears that I've been through. Right. Like I, I had this irrational fear of, you know, dying from diseases or like, the first chapter one starts out talking about my appendicitis fear when I was little and it ended up, I ended up actually like collapsing and being taken to the hospital because I had read the book Madeline about, I know I was kind of a crazy kid. Um, and I was totally fine, right. but, um, but I was always afraid of like internal bleeding and stuff. And then okay. I did actually end up having an organ rupture, um, 
not when your I was appendix. in my 20s, not my appendix. Okay. But I had an ectopic pregnancy and it oh, ruptured the tube okay. and I almost died and I had like blood transfusions and oh, my goodness. I was going into shock and wow. it was crazy. Right. So I've had a lot of stuff like that where it's stuff I was kind of bracing myself for my whole life. But then it was like, oh, is this really happening? Right. Yeah. And sometimes I, I was in the bubble of peace and sometimes okay. I totally wasn't. So Right. Yeah. <laughs> that time I was not in the bubble of peace. No. Mm-mm. And how was that different than, for example, to compare to the time you were at Dunkin' Donuts and well, like, what was different? So the organ rupturing thing, what was hugely different was I did not know it, but I totally didn't have assurance of my faith yet. Mm. Like I okay. was still I, I'm like a striver and I was always striving to be perfect. And I was, I think I was, I believe I was saved at 14. Um, I knew who Jesus was. Uh I believed that the Bible was true, but I kind of lived like, I better do a really good job though to earn his favor because Mm. I'm afraid he's going to look at me and he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. You did all these good things in Mm. my name. So I was scared of everything, but I also had that underlying deep, deep fear of like, I'm doing my faith wrong Mm. and you know. So um, going through the ectopic pregnancy thing, I woke up angry at God. I didn't want to talk to him. I did everything wrong. (laughs) And um, I realized, well, to get into the story, what I realized was, so I was on the operating table, like shivering, because when you're going into shock, it's like in the war movies where they're like getting really cold. And they had like all these warmed hospital blankets on me. And the guy, the anesthesiologist was like, count backwards from 10. And that was a moment, Christina, where I was like, is my life is flashing uh, my life didn't flash before my eyes but i thought i think i'm a, i'm probably maybe gonna die right now so what do i want to say to god yeah and listen to what i said to god i said if i should die before i wake i pray the lord my soul to take <laughs> i had oh. been i had been a christian for yeah. a long time but it was like cr- it was in the moment that it came out of my heart like i didn't say it out loud right. but i was crushed because it was like this shows that i don't know if God is going to accept me mm. after all these years. And it was like a childhood rhyme, you know, like right. I didn't, it was like, I didn't even talk to him like a friend, like the friend that I, the friendship that I had with him, I was like, eh, did I do it right? You know? Mm. Um, so just walking through that and afterwards, depression and anxiety. I mean, I was a mess after that. And um, slowly but surely, honestly, through people loving me, even though I was a mess and praying for me, I found out later there were families who prayed and fasted for me for weeks oh wow from our church like that just blows my mind they weren't even like our closest people they were just people who knew that I was in a rough spot right and I think that I mean just through that I just developed this assurance of my faith and so with the tornado thing I was in a season and of course my fear I talk about it in the book my fear and anxiety thing has been a lifelong struggle And it's something that I still fight today, but now I feel like I know how to fight it by holding the gospel up to my fears. And I'll talk about that more later. But in the Dunkin' Donuts moment, I was like looking at this thing God wanted us to do. And it was a scary thing because our daughter, she was born deaf. She was born without any ears. She couldn't walk and she wasn't potty trained. And this is the one that you adopted? This is the one we adopted from from China. China. Okay. Adoption was another thing I had always been scared of. My husband was interested in it. And I was like, no, thank you. It's too scary. And God planted this desire in me and he led us down this path to this little girl specifically. And doctors told us not to do it. They're like, there's something else wrong with her. Okay. And it was like, we had every reason to say no, but right. we just knew God wanted us to go to her. And he provided in all these ways that were just crazy and miraculous, like financially, we would get 
you know, a random, I'd get a random job that was the exact amount of payment I needed for the next agency mm. payment. Wow. And, you know, but just so many things like that. And so I was so, in my faith, I was like really believing the verse, I don't know the reference by heart, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just words in the Bible to me. It was like, oh, like he's really in control. So that's like the mindset that I was in baseline. So when okay. I saw the tornado rush by, it was like, I was busy resting mm-hmm. in my faith, so cool. and so I wasn't afraid. So it was such a different okay. thing. I mm-hmm. wasn't like you know when the ectopic rupture thing happened. I was like my my world is collapsed because I was you know apart. Yeah, right. So it's this interesting, you know, talking about fears here, and a lot of the fears that you've been talking about. I think most people would be afraid of, in that sense. But but typically when people think of fears, they think monsters, right, or the dark. Mm-hmm. I I think. I had three older sisters growing up, and I remember this one distinct moment where they locked me in the bathroom. They were like, "So loving." Okay, the light switch was on the out. the The light switch was on the other side, so I couldn't turn the light on. And there's this massive mirror in the bathroom, and then they would start talking about Bloody Mary. Oh, how horrible! And and they would just always, every time I was in the bathroom, or not every time, but a lot of times, they would lock me in and start doing that. That's awful. So I grew up with this fear that there was something behind me that would grab me and like destroy. And plus, it probably didn't help that we watched like. Scary movies. Yeah, scary movies. I know. Yeah, very scary movies like <laughs> Pet Cemetery and, yeah. and all We don't recommend like these. No. Don't show them to your children. <laughs> so oftentimes when I would be the last one downstairs mm-hmm. and have to climb up the stairs to go to my room, I would be deathly afraid of turning the lights off, thinking that something was going to grab me and oh, drag me am. down. That's horrible. <laughs> oh, right? I hate and, that. And, and uh, you know, you think like that's, you know, monsters, the dark right. and, mm-hmm. and there's all that. So, so for you, Scarlett, when did you realize that you were... Uh, more afraid of, you know, uh, afraid of more than just the usual things. Hmm. When was that moment for you? That's a really good question. I don't know that I know, Daniel, Hmm. because it's like I was just living life. It's only really now that I'm like doing interviews about my fears Hmm. that I'm having to like reflect back because writing the book. I mean, I just I talked a lot about my experience in the world Mm -hmm. and I don't think I realized that it was. Well, I will say I think that any kind of mental thing whether it's depression or anxiety it's very isolating and I I think you feel like you're very alone and like Mm. I must be the only one who struggles this much Mm. I definitely remember having that feeling even into adulthood and the more adult fears like when I started having kids and I was afraid for their safety you know I would definitely see moms at the park not watching their kids and looking at their phones and think you know, what is that like to, to yeah. not How be so... How can you do that? Yeah. 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 What if someone were to just steal right. a kid? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think that I was so caught up in my head, I didn't really have a a minute to be like, to analyze, like, is this abnormal? It was more mm-hmm. just like I was so stuck in it and mm-hmm. so obsessive from chi- from with childhood? my thinking. Yes. I okay. mean, from the time my parents got divorced, that is kind of the, the moment I remember okay. Okay. the confusion starting because mm. I had... I had an unusual and neat childhood. I grew up in Hollywood because my mom was an actress. And so I had no idea. You didn't know that? Yeah, no. Um, So my mom was on Saturday Night Live as a cast member. What? You didn't know this? (laughs) (laughs) No idea. And I was like, we grew up watching SNL. Wow. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. 
Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. And they didn't know this. Um, yeah, so when I was six months old, she got hired to be a cast member with Dana Carvey and John Lovitz and Phil Hartman and Adam Sandler and all them. And I was six, we lived in L.A. and wow. I was six months old. And we moved to New York City. Okay. And my childhood was super fun and wow. wonderful mm-hmm. and funny. I was around the funniest people in the world, you know. Right. Um, and then when I was five, my parents got divorced. And I remember we were at some fun barbecue. And then we went to some legal building. And I was like, oh, they have colored whiteout. I've never seen that before. <laughs> and so I was painting colored whiteout onto a piece of paper. And then we got on a plane. And then we were in a different house, and then I didn't have a dad anymore. And I was like, what? Just like that? Whoa. Yeah, and here's the thing. The thing is that I was raised to believe that the Bible is true, and okay. I know for a fact, like, I have the Bible from that time period where my mom was underlining Joshua 1, 9, do not be afraid, the Lord your God is with you wherever right. you go. But it wasn't clicking. What was clicking was, like, where's my house? Where's my dad? Because yes. I was a little kid. Yeah, you so, um, don't understand what's going on. Right, and so I just my first memories of fear are, I can remember driving... So we had been in L.A., New York, Connecticut, and then Miami, and I'm a five-year-old. Whoa. And we're driving to a new school, and I felt really nauseated. And I was like, Mommy, I'm going to throw up. And every day I had stomach aches. So uh-huh. she took me to the doctor, yeah. and then he was like, I think you have something called nervous stomach. So <laughs> that mm-hmm. was the term, <laughs> the medical term for what I had. Okay. Um, and that's when it all started. But I never thought, I never really thought, am I different? It was more just like, how can my stomach stop hurting Am I going to be okay? Yeah. Okay. Survival. Okay. Yes. Survival. Yes. Day, day, so, day. So, so did you find that? So from that point, have you had psychosomatic like links where fears hmm. would result in physical ailments? and Or was it just yes. that time? Where, no, I'm okay. very psychosomatic. Okay. Um, yeah. And I talk about in the book that t- periods in my life when I've gone on medication for okay. anxiety mm-hmm. have always been when I have this hyperventilating problem mm. where I would have these seasons of my life where I would feel like spiritually like. I was in God's word. I was in community. Um, let me just backtrack for a second because I talk in the book about all the different types of anxiety. And I got this from a Tim Keller sermon that is awesome. And I talk about it all the time. And it's called the wounded spirit. And he's, he doesn't use the word anxiety, but he's talking about different factors that can contribute to what he calls a wounded spirit. Oh, okay. And he talks about the physical aspect. Like, do you have a thyroid problem or brain chemical imbalance? Then medicine would be a, a good thing. Right. If you have a moral anxiety, like the verse in Proverbs that says, um, the wicked flee though no one is pursuing them, then oh. a pill is not going to help you because yes. you're living in sin and you need to confess your wow. sin. Or maybe you're living in isolation and you need community. Hmm. Or maybe, um, you know, wow. there are all these different reasons. And so he says, what's the an- what's the biblical answer? The biblical answer is it's complicated because <laughs> we're all, that's what <laughs> he says. that. I know. And How it's freeing. Yes. And we're all kind of a different blend. So anyway, all that to say, I've had these seasons where spiritually... I did not feel like I had a spiritual anxiety, Uh Um, but I had this physical anxiety where it was like I couldn't pinpoint why, but I was hyperventilating all the time, just like gasping for breath. So, yeah, I've seen that in my adult life. And honestly, the pills totally helped. And I Mm -hmm. tell people that because I think it's really hard when someone is really caught up in anxiety or depression or whatever. And well-meaning Christians will look at them and think, well, 
what does Jesus prescribe for spiritual anxiety? Prayer. Mm-hmm. And that is true. And we should all be doing that. However, some people also need There's to... other stuff going on. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. people also need to step into community or exercise or stop living in sin that they know is wrong, mm-hmm. you know, before God. So to answer your question, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> currently, I'm doing great, but... I've definitely had those seasons. Right. Well, take us back to the point where you were at that doctor and they were sharing that, you know, you might have nervous stomach. Was there anything maybe that your mom had talked about later on in your life where she was like, oh, uh, this is the point where I realized maybe Scarlett is is a little bit more afraid or, or dealing with anxiety. And is there anything that she ever did to try to help you along with that or Hmm. even like name it or was it not even on the radar well you know like i said she did she pointed me to scripture Mm -hmm. and she pointed me to scripture like um joshua 1 9 is one of my earliest memories i remember sitting in my bed and her reading it but here's the thing that i would do so it says the exact words are haven't i commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid or discouraged for the lord your god is with you wherever you go and she said that to me as a comfort and that is a comfort because it means god is with me but what i heard was haven't I commanded you be strong? And so I was thinking, I'm not strong. I'm scared and sad. And so it became like a weight I started carrying around with me. Honestly, I remember being a little kid and my mom would try to comfort me with scripture and I would twist it into Mm. a way that was like, I'm doing it wrong still. You know, in my childhood, you know, I didn't like go to counseling or anything like that. It wasn't really until early adulthood that I kind of started discovering mm-hmm. honestly the ectopic pregnancy is probably that's when I started hmm, that wasn't my first time in counseling but it was the first time that I started really talking with counselors and Digging like you said having language for it and yes. all that this and realizing is, yeah that's so yeah. good it's it's interesting one of our friends he said this to me a couple weeks ago he was like kids are really good at perceiving but they're not very good at interpreting mm-hmm. right and as kids and we have I mean Sometimes when we have friends over, some of our kids will just sit there and listen. And we're like, you go play. <laughs> yeah, like, this is right. adult talk. Exactly. Right? Or like, you don't just, understand the background story. Yeah, but right. they're we're just listening. Yeah. And, and there's yet. so much hmm. perception going on. So, for example, we had just come back from Canada late. And the next morning, we didn't go to church. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm a pastor. <laughs> and I know how that... but. I, we just didn't go because we had been gone for a couple of weeks and yeah. it was just a lot of travel. Yeah. And then it's like we, and Christina and I slept in hmm. and we wake up at like 1030 and the kids are like, OK, so when are we going to go to church? And we're like, oh, we're not <laughs> going to church. And there was a slight moment in in one of our kids minds where she just paused. Hmm. She looked. And she was like, OK. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh, my goodness, what? I have to say something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What is wow. she? How is she interpreting? Yeah. This? yeah. Wow. Exactly. Right. What and then, is she saying? That is that's her truth. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because she paused. It was like I was something like I, I'm I always go back to that. The Inside Out movie. Yeah. When yeah. those the you know, those um those lands crumble or get <laughs> built up. And I'm right. like, something just happened there. So <laughs> so I interpreted. Yeah, crumbled. exactly. So I interpreted for her. Mm-hmm. And, and instead I was like, oh, let's let's, you know, sing to God together as yeah. a family. Let's yeah. let's, let's do family look at the worship. Bible, you know, mm-hmm. together. Let's mm-hmm. let's do some of that. And then I had to actually go the extra mile to interpret for her Mm. because kids are not very good at interpreting. And even when you were like, hey, your mom was trying to encourage you with that, you interpreted it 
differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the opposite. Name. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. now I'm sure that you were talking Scarlet and even in our listeners, there's a few like light bulbs going on like, oh, wait, I've I've shared even maybe this scripture with my kids. And mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, maybe they're interpreting it differently. Mm-hmm. Do you I know it's hard to like go back and like, oh, this and that. But do you think putting yourself in that position, if your mom had asked you maybe like Scarlet? What do you think this means to you? Would that mm. have maybe changed the story? I don't think so, mm-hmm. honestly. Okay. Because you know what? It's an interesting thing putting out a book and writing about your own life. Because this book is very, it's about fear and anxiety. But right. it's also very memoir-like. And a lot of these things, you know, my mom would read them and she'd be like, I talk about being afraid of airplanes and this interaction I had with a flight attendant. And she's like, you know, Scarlett, you were four or five. And in that moment, I remember saying these words to you. But with my perspective, you know, I remembered the thing I was scared. Like I heard the flight attendant's words louder than, you know, Okay. Yeah. We, we have our own perspective. And, you know, the way I look at my own parenting and the way I look at the way I was parented, um, I just I know that there is no perfect parent mm-hmm. and there is no perfect way. Ugh, the thing I love to tell people whenever I get to talk about parenting is that I was so fortunate to be in a room with a woman named Elizabeth who I talk about most days of my life honestly because Mm. what she said to me in two minutes so impacted my life um but as you can probably tell from talking to me for a few minutes i as a person as a student as a wife as a parent was like such a you know striving to be the best and to do the right thing and Mm -hmm. i if i hadn't met this woman elizabeth i could see myself looking at each interaction with my kids and thinking did i say and do the right things but i had a three-month-old and we were on this retreat and i was in this room with women who were sharing Um, parenting advice, really good parenting advice, citing books that I was like, I got to memorize that book. I got to grab this. this Yes. I have a three month old. I'm a parent now. I need to know all this stuff. And then it got to Elizabeth and she said, you know, my goal in my home is not to raise perfect children or to be the perfect mother. That's impossible anyway. My goal is to live the gospel out in my home. Wow. And practically what that means for me is when I snap at my kids because one of them's throwing a tantrum or when I fight with my husband, I apologize in front of them and then I repent in front of them and I pray and ask for forgiveness and show my kids what it looks like to turn from sin. And my goal is to say, hey, family, kids, we are weak and we need Jesus every day. My goal isn't to get them doing the right things or have every interaction be perfect. And I'm bouncing my three-month-old at this retreat because I had brought her to the retreat because I was too scared to leave her (laughs) with anybody, (laughs) including her awesome dad. Um, And it was like, oh, my goodness. Like, it just I mean, that's why I wrote this book, Mm -hmm. because that interaction made me see like I was wrong. The gospel isn't just, you know, Jesus dying and raising from the dead doesn't just mean I can go to heaven. It means that he loves me and approves me of me every moment. Mm -hmm. And I can rest in that every moment. I can rest in that right after I sin. And I can have new goals. My goals don't have to be be perfect. My goals can be rest in his perfection. Yeah. I love that. You know? So anyway, I don't know. You know, I, I don't remember every little conversation my mom and I had about my fears. I know that she tried to point me to the hope of the world, mm-hmm. which is the truth and which is how I find rest today. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think I had a lot going against me. I think I'm wired to be, I just think I'm an anxiously wired person. I think going through a divorce is super hard for a kid. And I think my upbringing was really cool, but also really weird and kind of unstable feeling. Just we traveled a ton. We moved a ton. 
And I kind of got these conflicting messages. I was being raised to believe the Bible, but I was also in the wings at comedy clubs hearing what I love stand up comedy, but yeah. a lot of them are like rough sets, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was kind of like, like you said, trying mm-hmm. to, as a child, trying to like decipher, like, okay, mm-hmm. my mom said that this is not right. We don't believe this, but I'm hearing it. I was just kind of exposed to yeah. a lot at an uh-huh. early age. Mm-hmm. So, so Scarlett, do you, do you still struggle with fear and anxiety? Yes, <laughs> um, I do. But honestly, after meeting Elizabeth, it wasn't like a one second. Oh, my, I'm healed. I'm better. Mm. But I learned how to fight differently. And I think that my stance toward the world changed. I think I used to have a protective defensive stance like, OK, good morning, world. How am I going to protect myself and my people mm. today mm-hmm. instead of good morning, Lord? How can you use me to love the other scared people in this scary world today? You know, I didn't have that posture. And after meeting Elizabeth. And just kind of realizing that I didn't have to be afraid because my soul is safe. I don't have to have that underlying worry that I'm doing Christianity wrong. I can't do it wrong. Jesus did it right. I just have Mm, to believe him, you know. Mm. After that, I just learned how to fight it. I got into circles of people who preached the gospel back to me in with their lives. Mm -hmm. And I just I make it actively preach the gospel to myself and to the people around me all the time. I get on my knees and I remind God who he is not that he needs reminding but I need to hear myself say it to him and who I am in him and that's how I fight it so Mm -hmm. I I will still battle it I'll Mm -hmm. find myself up at 3 a.m like reciting a conversation that'll never happen Mm. because it makes me feel better and I'll be like what am I doing like I can take this thought captive and really that's not just a thing Christians say like I can really do that I can replace that thought with the truth that God defeated all the scary things, you know? Well, I love how you said, Scarlett, a few times that it is a battle, Mm -hmm. that it is a fight. Because I really think that's what it is. Like, I think for those who may not have experienced the sort of anxiety or fear that is, quote unquote, crippling a little bit, Mm -hmm. you don't understand how hard it is to be bombarded by thoughts or fears that really want to swallow you. And to kind of keep you down and not to trust God and not yeah. to trust his word as the truth. For our listeners, I would say, who are who are there right now, they feel mm-hmm. swallowed. Or maybe they're even listening to this and being like, wait a minute, my kid sort of is complaining about stomach issues all the time or mm-hmm. just kind of wants to be more withdrawn. Or they're seeing mm-hmm. things that maybe this conversation has brought up to the light like maybe I need to start thinking about if they're fighting or dealing with anxiety or fears is there anything that you could say to them about like sort of what is that journey what do they need to do to help them I would say don't be dismissive about it because I know I know that even for me like I have three different kids with three different sets of struggles And one of them is just like me. So I get it. And I know what to say to her because I think when I was little, this is what I felt and this is what I wish I would have heard. But then with the other ones, I don't really identify with their struggle. Hmm. So I don't often know what to say. And I can find myself being dismissive and just being like, you're fine, you know. Um, And I'd say that's probably the worst thing that you could do to someone who's struggling with anxiety because someone who is anxious knows like they don't want to feel that way. You know, yeah, and you feel stuck. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like saying it, you're fine doesn't help. Um, no, I would actually, say there's shame. You know, oh, you're, yes. you're, you're showering shame on them. The fact yeah, that yeah. they're maybe even telling you that they're afraid of this. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm yeah. not supposed to. There must be something wrong right. with me. Yeah. yeah. I would say definitely get in it with them and um, teach them how to fight it. If you feel like it's not one of your struggles, 
I would just encourage you to listen, you know, ask them to share with you. And I hope that people will read this book who who don't think they have anxiety just to kind of understand the mindset. And also, I do think that even people and I've gotten this feedback from people who've read it, people who don't think they have fear have read it and said, oh, I realized I actually do. Everyone has if they are a Christian has a has at one point had a spiritual anxiety like, God, why did why did this happen? Why did Mm -hmm, you let this happen? mm And just struggling to trust him. If you have a kid who is like I was and you can't really identify, just try to identify in whatever way you can and teach them how to fight it with the word of God and with the truth and comfort them in the moment. And I don't know if that's what I try to do. I try to I really push scripture memory with my kids. I put Seeds family worship music on all the time Mm -hmm. because it's kid music that is just scripture put to music. And so my three year old is singing these true living active words of God she doesn't know what they mean yet but they're getting in there you know and just like me as a five-year-old kind of twisting scripture like I use that now (laughs) and it is comforting to me now even though I didn't get it then yes so I would say pray for your kids point them to the true hope of the world point them to God's word and don't dismiss their fears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I loved even the part you were talking about as an adult with dealing with the emotions and, and fears that you were talking about just the beauty of community, oh, how the, yeah. the body of Christ really came around you and fought for you yeah, spiritually in the sense when you couldn't. So, and I would think how amazing that would be even for our kids, that we would welcome our community or our church family, whatnot, to pray for them as well and to maybe be able to to speak truth, God's truth into our own kids through Sunday school or even just through talking to them. And I don't know if anybody else feels like this, but sometimes I'll hear something from my mom. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But someone will say the exact <laughs> oh, same thing and huge. I'll be like, totally. oh, mind blown. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, community for an anxious person is huge. And I think back to the seasons I've struggled the most in adulthood especially in adulthood, where I, it's like you want to push everyone away because mm-hmm. you feel so different and so afraid. But the seasons when I've lived in community have been the seasons when really my fears faded into the background. And that is because we need each other. And yes. God set it up that way. And I agree. It's so important for your kids, for all of our kids to see other adults who are pursuing Jesus and reiterating the things we're trying to teach them. I mean, I don't have any teenagers yet, but I hear that when I reach that phase, it you know, oh, yeah. that they will not want to listen to me. That's what I hear. Yes. Yeah. So we hear I see it already. Yeah. We have a, one of ours is getting into double digits. I'm like, oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get your aunt to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's good. Well, Scarlett, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast. Thank you. If our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to find you? Well, because my first and last name are so difficult to spell, <laughs> I would say just go to afraidofallthethings.com. That's afraidofallthethings.com. And okay. you can find all my stuff there. Awesome. And we'll put all your links and your first and last name in our show awesome. notes. <laughs> Thanks, Scarlett. Thank you. Okay. I'm still mind blown that her mom was a celebrity. Right. <laughs> yeah. What? Exactly. I'm like, wait a minute. I remember reading that in her bio and I was like, wait, wait, I watch SNL. Like, do have we seen her mom on it before? Yeah. And like the reruns? Yeah. I have I, no yeah. idea. Like, I don't remember a character that really looks like her. It's true. So. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed the interview. 
Uh, we thoroughly enjoyed interviewing her about it. If there's a friend that you have that as you were listening, you're like, wow, they need to read her book or at least they need to listen to this episode. We'd be honored if you'd share this episode with them. It's super easy on whatever podcasting app you have, or you can just share inbetween.org slash episode 55, text it to them, email it to them. We would be honored and uh, very happy if you do that. And also uh, be sure to tag us at inbetweenshow on social media, on all the platforms as well, because we'd love to connect with you. Right. And just a reminder that we do have two books to give away yeah. for Scarlet Hittabitals book, Afraid of All the Things. Mm. So make sure to enter that and to check our show notes for other ways to enter as well. Yeah. So you're going to want to follow us on Instagram, especially for that giveaway. But next week, what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about the five money personalities. Ooh. So in the past, we've talked about, you know, marriage and finances. We've also talked about the five love languages. But we are going to discuss how your money personality can bring joy or discord to your marriage. We'll see you next week. This episode was brought to you in part by the Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.